Hello and welcome. You are listening to The 1% Christian. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. This is the 1% of our day where we dive into the Bible, we study, we pray together, and then we head out to the remaining 99% of our day to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. We are going to end chapter 6 of the Gospel of John today, and uh, we've got... uh, We've got a doozy in front of us here. Uh, Yes, I used that word doozy. Okay, before we get started, I want to invite you to download the Sound of Heaven app. Go to soh.church. Go to the Apple and or Google Play store. You can just type in Sound of Heaven. There is a free digital Bible on there that you can check out, uh, among a lot of other great resources. And if you are listening where you get podcasts, give a like, give a share, give a subscribe. It helps out a bunch, and uh, we've got folks jumping on every single day from a lot of different places. I look at the maps, and you're all over the map, and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so we uh, chapter 6 is... It's it's really amazing, and I think if you look at it from a thousand foot view, it, it it's very much like our walk with God. It starts out with the beautiful story of Jesus feeding the five thousand. Right, something that's very easy for us to take on and relate to. Jesus saw a need; he saw compassion on the crowd. Not only did he want to minister to them uh, and and give them the spiritual eternal life, but he also wanted to tend to their physical needs at the time. And, and that is all awesome. But then what happens is we see a shift into some more difficult teaching. And yesterday we had gotten into it a little bit where Jesus is now telling them and telling the crowd, if you remember, he crosses the uh, he he crosses the sea there, and then he gets approached, and they and he gets approached by people that are saying, "Hey, Jesus, you know uh, what type of miracle are you going to do for us today?" And they're not looking for a miracle; they're not looking to know what Jesus knows. They're looking for more food, and Jesus calls them out on it a little bit. And then what we're going to find today is that the conversation goes in a direction where it gets almost very hard to digest. And my prayer for you as we go through this is that you realize that sometimes in life it's going to be cut and dry. It's, it's Sometimes it's going to be a, a beautiful ease and we're going to see the miracles in our life. And then sometimes we're going to get something that it's going to be difficult for us to chew on. And that may be this part here. So we, we've got a lot of scripture to go through. Even if we take a few extra minutes today, I think it's important to just go right through it. And there there may be some things that you need to, and we're going to use a lot of food analogies because there's a lot of food in this chapter. There's going to be some things that you need to chew on. There's going to be maybe some of this where you might have to excuse yourself, take a moment to digest, and that's okay as long as you come back to the table. Because we're going to see that there are people in Jesus's life who have been, if you remember from yesterday, fans and maybe not true disciples that decide not to come back to the table, at least that we know of here. And Jesus is... Uh, giving them something difficult to to handle, and that's that's our life with God. Some things are very easy to handle. 
Some things are, are uh, we celebrate them right away. And then other things we got to go and chew on a little bit. So you'll see what I'm saying here. Let's get started. Okay. So if you remember, he starts telling them, Moses, who it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. This is in verse 32. And he's making the distinction between uh, what's going on now versus what's going on in the old covenant. Remember, the the group that came up to him asking him for more food uh, was talking about, well, what are you going to do for us? Moses gave us manna from heaven. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a different type of bread. Stop trying to pursue only the physical a- aspects of your life. It's going to fall short. And he says f- in verse 33, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they say, sir, always give us this bread. If you remember from yesterday, we hit on the fact that we don't have to keep going to Jesus for forgiveness, for love, for grace. In in respect to us having to earn that every day, that's something that God has for us. So once God has it for us, it's ours for the taking. It still comes from God, but we don't have to earn God's love every day. And this is what Jesus is trying to explain, trying to explain to them and also trying to explain, if you remember to the woman at the well, she's saying, he's saying, if you drink what I give you, you'll never be thirsty. And he says something similar to them. He says, uh, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. So in other words, I'm not just here to do a magic trick where I take two loaves of bread and I feed everybody with that and that's it. He says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All those the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So a couple of things I want to unpack here from this part. All those the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. I don't subscribe to where it's uh, some people are chosen, some people are not. And and that's it. That's that's not how I, I view this. Okay. If you pursue God you will find Jesus. And that's what I believe is being portrayed here. So if you pursue the Father in heaven, the Father in heaven is going to point to Jesus. Now, is that because they are two separate entities? The two separate natures of God. We'll get into the Trinity maybe another day. But if you want to get to a place, somebody's going to show you the door. I hope that makes sense to you because Jesus will say, we'll see in, in Matthew, I'm, I'm sorry, John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the father except through me. So Jesus is the door. If you remember in John one, right? All things were created through the word. And then what we realized in John chapter three, when Jesus is basically saying, I love God, loved the world so much. He gave his only son that believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, that he is the way back. We're born through Jesus into this world, and the way back to God is through Jesus. And he says here as well that 
for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. We also have to understand that when Jesus is here, he is God in the flesh, but he is also flesh. He's fully spirit, fully God, but he's also fully man. And that's the amazing part is because Jesus went through all the things that you and I go through, that God allowed himself to be on this earth and have all the temptations that you and I have. Yet, Scripture says he didn't fall to those. So really what we're talking about here is that Jesus is the model. He is the model of everything that we need to know about God. And then he says here in verse 39, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me. If you ever think that you can lose your salvation, here's a a scripture that shows you different. But I will raise them up at the last day. I won't get into the last day. I know it's a huge topic. But remember, we have to read this stuff through the proper audience relevance as well. Listen, we will all stand before God when we leave this earth. And I hope you all understand that all of us on a a long enough timeline uh, leave this earth eventually. And we will stand before God. The last day that we're talking about here is, you know, those in the old covenant that are being raised up at the last day. He's talking specifically to those that are still dwelling in the old covenant. Again, you know, maybe we'll have an eschatology end of, end of times conversation uh, at some point, but for now we're going through the, the gospels here and I want to hit on, uh, you know, these points as we go, because we're already at 10 minutes here for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They could, they were still not grasping that this is not just a man that is standing in front of them. And immediately they they say this, right? Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came from heaven? So they're not getting it. And what they want to do, right, they want to discredit him by his humble beginnings. And a lot of times the people around us will try to do the same thing. Remember Jesus said, a prophet has no validity in his own backyard. His friends, his family, a lot of people that he grew up with who saw him as the son of a carpenter had a hard time adjusting that now he is some sort of, you know, prophet, let alone the son of God. And we also will go through a period in our life as we pursue God, where those around us may stop and say, wait a minute, isn't this the person that did this? And even on this very Bible study, as we go through this day to day, I've got family members on here. And I thank God that, that you all that are listening on here are not just you know, gauging me by my humble beginnings, but that you find it worthwhile that I can, uh, that I can share what I know. I don't know everything here. I love that we're studying this together. I'm learning each and every day as, as, I, as I'm going through. And I've read the gospel of John front to back. I've read the Bible front to back over the last nearly 20 years now, but still studying here with you, I'm learning a ton and I'm drawing a ton. So I'm, I'm gaining here too, but uh, let's keep it going. They're having a hard time saying, you came down from heaven. And then he looks at me, he says, stop grumbling. This is verse 43. 
Stop grumbling amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Again, you draw into God. He's going to point you to Jesus because that's the way to him. He's going to show you the door, and I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will be taught by God. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I say to you, the one who believes has eternal life. Jesus is asserting himself once again that I have seen the Father, and if you come to me, I will show you the Father. He, he says this boldly over and over again. I have come from heaven. He also says, which really gets people angry, that I and the Father are one. He says that in uh, another chapter here in, in, in the Gospels. I and the Father are one. Even the fact that if you remember that he called God his father was really rubbing people the wrong way because they were in this mindset that there is some separation from God. And some of us who grew up in more orthodox denominations, sometimes we, we grow up with this mindset that we are separated from God, that we have to work for his love, that we have to do these things, and it's just not, not so. And as you start to draw in close to God and you start to realize that you can have a more intimate relationship with God, you might have some people around you that say, what? No, you, you can't. You got to do these things. Or like, how can he forgive you of this? Or even pointing to other people. Where we get challenged a lot of times is the fact that we can – that God can have grace on everyone, even the people that do things that we despise. Let's keep this going. Then the Jews began to argue sharply. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. He's saying that I draw all of my strength and everything from the main source from the Father. And he's showing them that you can draw the same life. I, I get my life from him. I get my direction from him, from the, from the Godhead, from the fatherly. He's talking about himself and the flesh. He's talking about what he's drawing from. He's talking about where he's from. And in the same way, he's saying you can draw this from me. Just as the living Father sent me, I live and I live. Because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So he's saying, right here, I and the Father are one. What the Father has to give, I also have to give. And this shakes him up. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this teaching while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. So he's sitting right in the synagogue and he's teaching this stuff. He's saying, hey, you know, you keep drawing from Moses, the law, the old covenant. They all did that and died. 
but I'm showing you that you can have eternal life. I'm giving you a better covenant, a better way. It's not that we need to begrudge the Old Testament. You can't understand the new if you don't fully understand the, the old. And on hearing this, verse 60, many of his disciples said, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, verse 61, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of God, the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who don't believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. That's pretty wild, right? So we go from feeding the 5,000 to now really tough teaching that is going to cha- challenges people. Challenges them, one, probably to understand. Probably some of them are listening and they're saying, I just don't understand what's going on here and I'm out. Feel free to leave the table and get up and and digest. But don't leave the house. Don't say I'm out. Because this is just as beautiful here too. We realize that Jesus is the source of everything. And that the things that they were putting their trust in, that they were attributing to their source, is now changed. And that if you're really pursuing God, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the door. And that's what he's portraying to them. So if they really sat and understood, they realized how beautiful the words were that Jesus was saying. But also that Jesus had to say these things to shake it out. Because, look, faith is pursuing God even when you don't understand what's going on. You might have things in your life. You don't understand what's going on. They're hard to digest. It's hard to understand. But eventually it'll be revealed to you why it needs to happen. Scripture says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. So you may be going through some things that are hard to digest right now, but stay with God and they will be revealed. And then he turns to his disciples. This is how we'll close out. And I know this was longer, but we had to get through it. He says, you don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the, the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall, shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And really what this boils down to as well, and I want to just, I'll, I'll read verse 70 as, as we close out and then we pray. Then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the 12? Yet one of you is the devil. <laughs> he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot who, though one of the 12, was later to betray him. I don't want to leave without that, because we know that Jesus continued on, and sometimes the people that are most against you will stay the closest to you, right? That's something to to think about. That's why you have to trust God through it all. But Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom we should go, should, shall we go? You have the words that are, have eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And that's where we close out here.
Simon's like, where are we going to go? We may not understand what you're saying, but we trust you. And that's really what trust is, right? It's really what trust is. It's saying, I don't understand, but I trust your intentions for me. I trust your covering for me. My kids, your kids probably, don't always understand why you're saying what you're saying. Why you're telling them they can't do something. And hopefully they trust you enough to say, all right, I don't have to understand now. I'll understand eventually. And then sometimes they want to pull away and they want to do their own thing. And when they fall on their butt and they come back and they say, mom, you were right. Dad, you were right. You welcome them with open arms. And I, and I guarantee you that there's some people that walked away in this story from Jesus and then ended up, ended up coming back and sitting with him. And Jesus welcomed them with open arms. So we've got a lot to digest coming out of this, this study. But what I want to say as we go is that God is trustworthy to the extent of where even if we don't understand what's going on, we know his nature. Therefore, we keep following him. And even if we take a pause for a second to say, let me chew on this, he's faithful to reveal to us what we need to know. Again, in scripture, it says, call to me and I'll answer you. I'll give you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. It says that if anyone lacks wisdom, just let them ask and I'll give generously without rebuke. God's not mad at you because you don't understand. God's not mad at you because you question him. One of the greatest things that we can do is to say, hold up, God. I don't get it. Can you clarify? I'm going to hang with you, even though I don't understand, but help me understand. Think about the things in your life today where you need to go to God and say, help me understand. Or even though I don't, I'm just going to keep walking with you. And I guarantee you, he will reveal those things to you. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing us through this, this weighty, this large helping of scripture. Father, the things that we don't understand help us to have the resilience and the strength and the courage to keep pursuing you. And the things that we don't understand, God, in our life, we trust you. Just tell him that this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, whenever you're listening to this. Say, I trust, even though I don't understand, I trust you. And I will follow you. In Jesus' name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. This is the 1% Christian. We're going to start John chapter 7 tomorrow. I love you guys, and I will see you then.